This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to uh, read a verse of scripture, a passage of scripture today, Matthew chapter 12. Would you stand with me for a moment? We'll go to the word of the Lord, Matthew chapter 12. And we're going to begin reading at uh, verse 25. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 25. I do appreciate my wife being with me and my kids being here. And we got a babysitter, I think. I don't know just where she's already gone, but she's been helping us out. Brother, I tell you what, you got a singer and a babysitter, my word. What, what better combination could you have? Praise God. Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, the Pharisees are accusing Jesus of uh, casting out devils by the devil. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. And this is the verse I want to focus on today. Or how else can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. And I want to preach to you for a little while from this subject today, a spoiled house. A spoiled house. Let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the singing and the worship, the giving. Lord, all of our guests that are here, everybody that's come to this house expecting to receive, expecting, Lord, to minister and to give and to just enjoy the presence of God. And Lord, we ask you to minister now in the remainder of this service. Speak to our hearts, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, turn around, give two or three people a sanctified, sanitized fist bump and tell them the Lord is good. Amen. Praise God. In the ancient times, when armies would go into battle, it was assumed that the victor would take possession of conquered land, territory, cattle, slaves. When they would go into fight, whoever was the victor, they would often take the leaders, they would possibly gouge out their eyes or cut off their toes or something to humiliate them. And then they would parade them back home into their land and show off the spoil of the land. They would take their wives and children as slaves. They would take their cities. Sometimes they would burn them. 
they would literally gut the entire area. They would overtake their, even their education system and begin to teach their philosophy, their religion. They would take over their language. They would infiltrate every aspect of society. The victor gets the spoils. And so in Matthew 12, Jesus is talking and in, involved with religious leaders that were constantly trying to put a cloud of doubt on his ministry. They were constantly attacking him. They were constantly critical of Jesus. They wanted to ruin his ministry. And they had a fleshly agenda. They were people who supposedly were close to God, but they had their own agenda. They did not know God. They were knew about God. They went through the ritual and the form of worship, but they did not know God. They did not have a relationship with Him and know the moving of His Spirit. And we know this because they attacked Jesus. They attacked Him over and over again. You see, Jesus, when He came, He came to a people that were under great bondage, a people who were under uh, the rulers of these leaders that had put restrictions and burdens on people. They had taken God's laws that were meant to protect and guide the people, to keep them separate and holy to God. And they had made those laws into a uh, type of bondage. They had expounded on them and said, well, this is what God said, but in order, we're going we're gonna to add some things to it. We don't want you to fail and, and fail God and uh, take over... Uh, break his laws so we're going to keep you from that so we're going to add our laws and they had what they called son and daughter laws so if God's law said that you could not bear a burden on the Sabbath day what was he trying to do he was wanting you to rest on the Sabbath day that was the whole point was to rest to enjoy the blessings of God to think about his goodness and so they said well hold on just a minute we're, we're going to help you not break this law so God's law says you can't bear a burden on the Sabbath. So uh, we're, we're going to take this a step farther. That we're going to add on to this. That if you're sick and uh, you cannot carry your bed on the Sabbath. And they would say that the Lord had given the law you could not reap on the Sabbath. He didn't want you out in the fields reaping and, and doing labor. Why? Because He wanted you at home worshiping Him. Thinking about His goodness. Blessing Him. And He said, I'll take care of you. If you'll honor me, I'll bless you. If you'll give me that day of rest, I will bless you and multiply you. And yet those leaders had said, well, we don't want anybody to reap on the Sabbath, so we're going to take this a step farther. And a woman could not even look in the mirror on a Sabbath day because she might see a gray hair and be tempted to pull it out, and that would be reaping. Oh, help us, Lord. You see what they had done? Now you couldn't even, you were worried. Now, um, I, gotta, well, I can't have any mirrors in the house. I can't, I got to get everything out. I've got to, uh, I can't even look. I, I don't even want to be tempted to look in that mirror because I might be tempted to reap a little bit. And then I break God's laws. And what happened? It became a time of bondage. And so Jesus brought people back to the law. And that was loving God with all your heart. 
and loving your neighbor as yourself. And he said, in these are all the law and the prophets. Because if you love God, you're going to want to please Him. If you love God with all of your heart, you're going to not want to do anything that would hinder the work of His blessing in your life. And then if you love your neighbors yourself, you're not going to want to do things to harm them or hurt them or criticize them. You're going to live to a higher law, a higher standard. And you're going to serve and worship God and live in freedom with Him. Praise God. And so Jesus came to a people that had been controlled, that had been restricted, that had been under burdens. And now these religious leaders are antagonizing Jesus. They see what He's doing. He's bringing freedom. He's he's delivering people. He's forgiving their sins. And they begin to speak among themselves. And they begin to talk and and chatter. They had their own Facebook forum and they were chattering about Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I just stepped on a toe there. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt anybody today. They had their own Facebook forum and they were talking about Jesus on that. They were saying, oh yeah, he's... Oh, you know Jesus, he's doing miracles. You see, he casts out a devil. You know know how he's doing that, right? You know how he's doing that? He's doing that through the devil. He's doing that through the power of Satan. He's he's casting out devils. You say, why are you talking about casting out devils? I'm, I'm going somewhere. Just bear with me. We're going somewhere today. They didn't come out publicly and say, you are casting out devils by the devil himself. They didn't come out publicly Why? Because when you're critical, a lot of times you're critical in private. Well, I'll get over that. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) But you know what? The Bible says that Jesus knew their thoughts. He knew their thoughts. And He said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Verse 25. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Now, we like to use this Scripture... Our pastors, sometimes we'll apply this to our own lives. You know, if, if you have a, a congregation that's divided, it's going to fall apart. If you have a family that's divided, that family's going to fall apart. You cannot have disunity and continue normally. Eventually, things are going to fall apart and unravel. How many have experienced that in your life? If you are divided, you cannot stand. But he's talking about Satan's house about Satan's kingdom. He says, and if Satan casts out Satan, then he's divided against himself. How can he do that? And then his kingdom's not going to stand. Well, we, he was saying, look, the kingdom of Satan surely is here. You see it, people are still in bondage. So we know that Satan's not divided. We know that Satan is unified to try to attack the church, to attack people, to try to steal and kill and destroy, as Jesus said. He said, but then he applied it to himself. He said, if I by Beelzebub, or he's referencing Baal, or the Lord of the flies, if I cast out devils by Beelzebub, or Satan, well then how do your children cast them out? In other words, you have priests, you have people that cast out devils, so how do they cast them out? Well, just look around you. You're down, you go down to the the, uh, temple, and there's people that will cast out devils. That was happening in that day. And so they were accusing him. He said, well then, how do your people do it? How, how do you guys do it? You guys must be using the devil too. But he's saying, no, that, that's not true. That's not true. You see, in those days there were people who would use incantations or rituals. 
And they would cast out devils. And what they would do is they would use the names of great leaders or religious people. By the name of the rabbi, I command you to come out of this person. By the name of Solomon, I command you to come out. And the devils would come out. But how is it that Jesus did not ever invoke the name of a rabbi? He never invoked the name of a religious leader or a great king or some wonderful person. He spoke to the demons directly. And he said, come out of them. And the devils came out. And then he would often tell them, now you just be quiet. You devil, you be quiet. Don't tell people who I am. My time's not come yet. Because the devils knew who he was. They knew who Jesus was. And that's why they were afraid of him. That's why they ran from him. That's why they threw people on the ground. That's why they tried to kill and destroy and do the work because they knew that Jesus had authority over them. They knew that he was God manifest in the flesh. They knew that he had the authority. He never had to speak about the rabbis. He never had to use the authority of someone else because he was God come to them. And then he says in verse 28, he said, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. You see, here's what was happening. They were refusing Jesus as the Messiah. They saw the works that he did, and yet they said, that's not of God. That's not the things of God. And Jesus later on says that if they're not careful, they will have the sin of blasphemy in their lives. Blasphemy saying that something that is truly, and everybody can see this is of God. And yet you say, oh, that's not of God. That, that, that isn't of God. That is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is saying, look, if, if I'm casting out devils by the Spirit of God, in other words, I'm not, I, it's not the Spirit of Satan. We know that because your own people prove that. They're casting out devils. So if I'm casting out devils, then obviously the kingdom of God is here. The blessing of God is here. The Messiah has come. Praise God. Notice that Jesus says, if I cast out devils, all you need to cast out a devil is the name of Jesus. That's why we don't accept the doctrine of the Trinity. Because we don't believe that there are separate persons in the Godhead. Why didn't Jesus say, well, if I by the Spirit and then I've got the Father over here and we come together and we cast out devils. No, He didn't say that. He said, if I cast out devils. Why? Because all of the fullness, Colossians 2 and 9 says, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Him. In Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is the only man that can cast out devils because He is God. Praise God. Let's clap our hands and thank God for that today. Praise God. Then verse 29. He says, how else can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods or take his goods, the things that he's been collecting? except he first bind the strong man. Then he will spoil his house. You know, the context here is not unity in a church or a family or a business or organization. The context is Satan's house. 
He's talking about the strong man, Satan's house. A man who has great strength. A man in those days that had a home he wanted to protect. Maybe he had jewels or gold or silver, fine clothes, possessions, cattle. He may hire someone. He may hire a great warrior, maybe someone who has, uh, he's a fighter, and he says, I've got four or five guys, and they all have chest hair, you know, waving in the breeze, and they all are muscular, and they talk like this. Hey, we'll take care of your house for you. No problem. Yeah, man, I'm a, I'll bring over my Joey. You know, hey, Joey, you want to come over to the house? We're going to take care of this, man. They would pay someone to come and guard their home. And you'd come up to knock on the door, and Joey would be like, hey, what are you doing? Man, why are you here? You want some of the goods? You coming out trying to get the gold? Huh? What are you doing? He would intimidate. He said, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just selling cookies. You know, I'm just, I'm whatever. I'm not trying to steal from you. I don't, don't beat me up, please." And yet the Lord says, "How can you get into a strong man's house except you first bind the strong man?" And so what would happen is if, if you were a, a thief or a robber and you were looking at, maybe you're on the Russian side, you're like, we want to destroy the old Italians over there. We are going to, uh, we are going to capture all of their goods. You know, they have uh, a lot of things we want uh, there and we will have uh, much goods. What would you do? If you, were going, if you saw what they had, they have a strong man, what would you do? Yeah, we will have uh, come over here. And he says, you called for me? You know, 14 foot guy. Nose is flat on his face. Been broken 17 times. Different fights. He's got a, you know, he's got a, a knife sticking out of his head. You know, he's just been in battle. He's, he's okay, what do you want? You get three or four of those guys and what do you do? You walk over to the house, and you beat up the Italians. Hey, man, no, no problem. He's not paying me enough. Let's get out of here, guys. If you're going to defeat the strong man, you have to bring greater strength. So what is Jesus saying? The only way a devil can be cast out the only way to get Satan out of his own house is to bring more power, to bring more strength, to bring a greater force against him. And you know what he was saying is, look, I am the force. I am the power. I am going to defeat the strong man. The only way you can see the miraculous deliverance is through the power of God. For Jesus said, oh! power in heaven and earth is given unto me. And when Jesus walks in, he looks at the strong man and says, you've got to go. It's time to go. Get out of here. And what does he do? Then he enjoys the spoil of Satan's house. What does Satan do? He captures people. He captures their minds. He captures their hearts. He takes people captive and he is a vicious and cruel taskmaster. But when Jesus comes, he said try me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When Jesus comes in he takes captivity captive and the Bible says he brought gifts unto man. Praise God. 
Satan's goods are the souls of man. And he is a vicious taskmaster. He destroys. He brings guilt. He brings sorrow. He brings condemnation. If you've ever thought to yourself, I'm worthless. I'm nothing. I might as well kill myself. I might as well just do whatever I want because life has no meaning. You are under the oppression of the taskmaster. You are under the oppression of the strong man. But when Jesus comes to you, he says, I am come that they might have life and that more abundantly. Whatever you experience under Satan, Jesus said, I'm going to give you a greater life. I'm going to give you a blessed life. I'm going to give you a great and wonderful life. Praise God. And you know what Satan does? He always fights the church that is enjoying the spoils of his house. Why do you think Satan fights you? Why do you think Satan wants that person back? Why do you think Satan comes around the church and tries to interject his division and disunity? Because he's saying, that's the spoils from my house. Oh, that sister, I remember how she used to be. Uh, We used to dance together. Woo, hallelujah. We used to do drugs together. We used to do all these things. We used to gossip and backbite. But one day Jesus came by my house and he said, I'm taking that sister. I'm taking that brother. You've had them too long. I've got joy and peace and righteousness for them. Why is it that Satan fights? Because he knows his house has been broken into. He knows he has been overpowered. He knows Jesus has bound him and spoiled his house. Mm. Oh, let's clap our hands and thank God today. Woo! Hallelujah. The Bible said in Mark 16 and 9, That when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to a lady. Now this is a little, you know, in that culture, the men were first. The men were the primary dominant people in that culture, in that society. They could own property, they could vote, they could do all these things. Women, they were, uh, they did not have those rights. And sometimes they were considered property. They were considered not having any rights or any abilities. Notice he says he appeared first to this woman, Mary Magdalene. But not only that, out of whom he had cast seven, not just one devil, not just two devils, seven devils. Not only was she a woman, he appeared to a woman. Why would he do that? That's that's crazy. That's out of order. But he appears to a woman that had seven devils. Now that's a wild woman. (laughs) I've known some wild women that didn't have a devil. Could you imagine how crazy she'd be with seven devils? Hallelujah. I think I know that woman. I'll tell you. I think I was... No, anyway. (laughs) She was on a road to destruction. But one day Jesus walked into her life and he bound the strong man. 
And this woman that had been so under the influence of Satan, God was going to use her to be the first witness to the resurrection. My friend, when Jesus binds the strong man, he takes what the devil was destroying and he brings a witness out of it he brings a witness i've seen him i know who he is i know who jesus is he cleaned me up he turned me around and he's revealed himself to me i know he's god i know he is god i know he's the king hallelujah Hallelujah. I wonder who it is today that the strong man has gotten a hold of your life. The strong man has said, you're mine. The strong man has said, I'm never going to let you go. But Jesus can walk into this house. And when he walks in, he can take you from demon possessed. He can take you from the lowest point in your life. And he can make you a powerful witness. He can make you a mighty person of God. Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord for that today. It was the Apostle Peter in Luke 22. All right, I'm preaching too long. i got to stop. I'm just excited. I'm excited about what Jesus has done. Praise God. In Luke 22 and 56, there was a a man named Peter. And he uh, he was kind of a braggart, kind of a tough guy, you know. You know those tough guys? They're always going to, they're the first ones to jump up. And, I'll fight, Lord. I'll go with you. I'll do, I'm going to be with you, Lord. You know, wherever there's you, there's me. We're going to go together. We're going to defeat the devil. He even was just so on, on fire with his own passion. He took out a sword and he cut off the high priest's servant's ear. And he was, he was that, Lord, I made a commitment. I'm going to stand with you. And what happens? The next verse, he's running away. And the Bible says we find him. In verse 56, there's a certain maid, a young lady, a little servant girl, looks over and says, this man was with him. Now here's this tough dude. I'm going to fight. And what's he doing? Over here hiding. And here's this little girl. I hate being called out by kids. I just hate it. Now, I'm my kids aren't in here. They don't get to hear this. <laughs> well, I'll be saying something. My son will say, Dad, that's not how you say it. <laughs> All right, son. All right. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Rock-a-bye, baby. In the treetops, when the wind blows, the cradle will fall. Anyway, who wrote, who wrote that song? Praise God, that was a crazy song right there. But this little girl says, yeah, you're one of those. And what does he do? He denies her. Woman, I knew him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, yeah, you, you're one of those guys. And he said, man, I am not. And after about an hour, the space of one hour after another confidently affirmed saying of a truth I know for a fact this fellow also was with him for he is a Galilean and Peter said man I know not what thou sayest and immediately while he yet spake the rooster crowed and the Lord turned could you imagine this could you imagine denying the Lord 
turning your back on him. You were the tough guy. You were going to live for God. You were going to serve him. You were going to walk with him. You're going to be faithful. I'm going to do all this. Pastor, sign me up for everything. I'll clean the church. I'll do everything. I'll, I'll cast the I'll storm hell with a water pistol. Whatever we're doing, we're going to make this happen. You ever found yourself sitting next to the fire? I said, maybe next week, Pastor. Maybe next week. And the enemy gets us to that place of failure. And we understand our own weakness. And here's the Lord turns. Oh, that had to be, that had to be the worst feeling. That had to be the worst feeling ever in the world. Now I know I've had my mother look at me sometimes with disappointment when I was goofing off and hard to believe, but I used to like to tell stories. And when I was a kid, I'd tell jokes, and tell the family secrets, you know. <laughs> my mother would just look at me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Y'all just, I'll just sit there. Brother, this is about the holiest group of people I ever met, Brother Brian. Praise God. To have your mother looking at you. I've known the guilt and condemnation that come over your spirit when your mother looks at you. But could you imagine Jesus looking at you and you just failed? You just met the chance, the opportunity you had to be counted with Him, to stand with Him, to be known as the follower of Jesus, to be known as His friend, and you dropped the ball. And the Bible said that Peter went out and wept bitterly. You see, our failure brings bitterness. How many of us have experienced bitterness in our lives under the influence of the devil, the power of darkness, the pressure of the world system, this man who said, I'm going to do it, but yet he's out of control. But there was a day when Jesus saw him and he confronted him he said, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. Do you love me? You know I love you. Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Peter, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to restore you. I know what you've done, and yet I'm coming to you for restoration. Aren't you thankful we serve a God who knows how to restore us, to bring us back to where we need to be? But you know what? He didn't, he didn't just leave the apostle Peter there. He didn't just restore him and say, well, all right, now we're good. It's all good. No. It was on the day of Pentecost that the apostle Peter was in the upper room. He was praying. He was seeking after God. He'd been forgiven. He'd been restored. He'd been brought back by Jesus. But that's not where I want you to stop. I want you to do a work for me. And the Bible said the Holy Ghost filled that place. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat upon each of them. And they were all, everybody say all. 
they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And later on, we find that people were looking around. They were in doubt. They were amazed, saying, what is this? What's going on? Why are these people speaking in tongues? We hear them speaking in tongues, and some of them are speaking in our own language. We hear them giving praise to God. What's this all about? Who is it that steps up to preach? The Bible says, and Peter standing up with the eleven, he began to preach. He began to tell them. He began to share the good news that what you're experiencing right now, this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel that God is going to pour out His Spirit on the last day. And they looked at him and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? We've sinned. We've crucified the Lord. We've rejected our Christ. We've turned our back on Him. How do we get saved? How do we get this taken care of and who is it that preaches the message of salvation the the guy that ran away the guy that was fearful the guy that had all kinds of problems he was all over the place but now under the influence of the holy ghost under the influence of jesus christ he preaches the first recorded message of salvation and he says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know today that God wants to save you. But when you get saved, it's going to be through the words of one that Jesus took as a spoil out of Satan's house. He was a... Uh, person who had rejected Christ. He was a person who had turned their back on Him. And yet Jesus said, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use the spoils of Satan's own house to preach the gospel message to the world. My friend, God is wanting to reach somebody today. And you say, you know what? I've been dealing with things in my life. I've rejected the Lord. I haven't done what I need to do. I've turned my back on Him. Can I tell you, my friend, that there is a way out. There is a way out. There is a way out of Satan's house and it is through the name of Jesus Christ. It is through the power of Jesus. You can repent of your sins today and say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for the way that I've lived. Forgive me, God. Forgive me of what I've done. Forgive me for turning my back on you. Forgive me for doing the things that I know are wrong. And then you can say, Jesus, I want your name applied to my life. How do we do that? We do that in the waters of baptism. The word baptism means to dip, to immerse, to completely submerge. When we baptize, we don't sprinkle. We put you in the water like the Bible says, in totally down in the water. And your sins are covered. You, we are buried with Jesus in baptism. That's why we baptize in water in complete immersion. Because we go down with Him like He was buried. We are buried with Him. Praise God. And then when you come up out of the water, the Bible says we rise to walk in newness of life. And you can lift your hands and begin to worship God and the Spirit of God will begin to move through this place. And you'll begin to feel the power of the Holy Ghost. And God will begin to take control of your lips and your tongue and begin to speak through you in a language you've never learned before as His Spirit gives you the utterance. How many have experienced that before in this place? How many have experienced the power of the Spirit flowing in your life? Let's thank the Lord for that today. Praise God. I want you to know today, and I'm closing. Musicians, thank you for coming. Magicians, praise God. Anybody. 
Italians, hey, what are you, man? I'd probably be at the restaurant today, somebody be like, you making fun of my family? <laughs> Praise God. Hopefully nobody has family that's Italian in here. Praise God. But you know what? Today, Jesus is still spoiling Satan's house. He is still spoiling Satan's house. And I wonder today if there isn't somebody in this room that Satan, you feel like Satan's been attacking you. You feel maybe you maybe you just feel in victory. You're walking in victory. You're saying, Thank the Lord. Brother Tapia, everything's all right. This message for somebody else. Like that lady that came up to me one time, she said, Brother Tapia. She said, That was such a wonderful sermon today. My sister needed to hear that. And she wasn't here. Praise God. You you might be thinking that, you know, that's just, this is for somebody else. But you know what? Just slip it in your back pocket. Because someday, the enemy's going to come back around saying, hey, you're living in the victory. What are you living in the victory for? You're supposed to be in my house. And you just look back at him and say, devil, I'm, there's a name on my life. Get out of my life. Get out of my house. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you right now. Praise God. But maybe there's somebody here today that the Lord's been dealing with you, saying, come out, come on, come on out. I want, to, I want you to live in my kingdom. I want you to serve me. I want you to have my blessing. I want you to have my anointing. I want you to flow. leave those things behind, those things you've been dealing with, those petty things you've been running around, those things you've been allowing into your life. Just leave those things behind. I want to bless you. I want to anoint you. I want to use you. It's time for somebody to surrender your life to the Lord today, to give your heart to Him and say, Jesus, I want you to be my God. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my master. Let's stand to our feet today. Praise God. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.